Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. We'll teach the Word of God. Luke chapter 17. We'll prepare in just a few minutes to receive communion. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Our subject is divine healing. I'll do my best to stay with my teaching. You know, the Bible says that Jesus went about preaching, teaching, and healing. Amen. Thank God for good preaching that's inspirational, teaching that's informational, and healing, which is the demonstration of the power of God. You know, when I pray over the health of our congregation, the, uh, uh, the physical health, uh, the end of my confession is always, you know, Lord, we lay hands on the sick and they recover. And then I say this, the spoken word brings health and healing. Because, you know, the Bible says over in the book of Proverbs that the word of God is God's medicine. You can be healed just sitting there listening to the word of God. You can just accept your healing. Uh, we've seen it happen for years in meetings that we've taught and preached in where People never came forward, never had hands laid upon them. They just received their healing uh, uh, sitting there listening to the teaching of the Word of God. Uh, the Word has the ability to do that. Under the Old Covenant, the Bible says God sent His Word and it fell upon Israel and healed them. Now I want us to see something here in Luke chapter 17, the story of the ten lepers being healed. Verse 11, Luke 17, it says, It came to pass as He went to Jerusalem that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there were men, there were uh, men, excuse me, when he passed through a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers which stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourself unto the priest, and it came to pass, as they went, everybody say, as they went, they were healed. Now, notice verse 15. It says, in one of them, when he saw, he was healed. So if I was going to title this uh, uh, teaching tonight, it would be, when you see, you are healed. Now, this covenant that Jesus is operating in, Jesus brought the new covenant to us through his redemptive work. But Jesus is operating and flowing under the old covenant, anointed by the Holy Ghost in his three and a half year ministry. So healing was something that belonged to them in their covenant. Uh, uh, we don't see a lot about people being healed. We know that people were, even people outside the covenant, like Naaman the leper, were healed by the power of God. But now the difference is, is their, their obtaining of healing. Uh, they, had to, they had to get it. Everybody say, get it. Now the, the difference between having to get it and having got it is the difference between the Old and the New Testament. You say, what do you mean? You don't have to get it. You've got it. I said, you don't have to get it. You have it. It's yours. Healing is yours. Now, notice they had well, what, I, you know, in a, in a limited measure, what we call revelation, and it was enough revelation to get them healed. They cried out, not based on their need. They didn't say something like this. Jesus, look at us. We're lepers. Amen. You know, a lot of times people think they can just come to Jesus based on their need or come to the Lord based on their need. You need to come to the Lord based on His answer to your need. That's the best way to get it, something from God is come to the Lord based on His answer to your need, which is His Word. Amen? Now, now it says that uh, He told them to, to go show themselves to the priests. That was what was required 
If you go back and study Levitical law in the book of Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, which the word Deuteronomy literally means second giving of the law, you will find out if a leper was healed, there was a certain sacrifice he was to get, give, and there was also a certain examination that was to take place to prove that he was healed because back then leprosy was considered a curse and of course it was and they were not allowed to be around the general population. Actually most of the lepers lived in the garbage dumps outside the city. Amen. And just like it says here they were afar off they were, it was illegal for them to approach. They could not approach another whether they were Jewish or foreign. didn't matter. They had no legal approach to anybody so from afar off they cried out Jesus Master. So that was the, 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 the depth of their revelation that Jesus was the master. That was it. But it was enough to get them healed. Now this is something I want you to understand tonight. That was enough to get them healed. Amen. Amen. That was enough to get them healed. Now with that in mind, go over to the book of Romans. First we're going to look at two portions of scripture in Romans. Go to, go to chapter 10 first. Then we're going to go right back a page or two into chapter 8. Chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, everybody say the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, this is what we call the end of the Roman road, the new birth. Uh, when people uh, receive salvation. Now, in talking to uh, uh, Dr. Oral Roberts several many years ago, in a conversation with him, he told me a story about a great crusade that took place in the nation of Korea a few years after the Korean War ended uh, that was conducted not by him, but by Dr. Billy Graham. Uh, you can go look on the internet. It, it's well documented of his of his crusade in South Korea, in the southern part of Korea. And uh, he said what was unique about that is that Dr. Graham was not teaching anything about healing, was not saying anything about healing. He was preaching salvation. But he said healing was happening all over the place. He said in those meetings he would lead masses of people, thousands of people at a time, into prayers of salvation. And when they would say amen at the end of the prayer, blind eyes would open. Cripples would get up and walk. The power of God would be in manifest. And Dr. Roberts told me that Billy Graham, when he got back to the United States, came and talked to him personally about that. Why is that happening? I'm not teaching on healing. I'm not trying to get people healed. I'm trying to get them saved. Well, if you go do a little study on the word saved in this scripture, Romans 10, 9, and 10, it is the word sozo. Everybody say sozo. It's spelled S-O-Z-O with a, 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 a long line, which means what? A long the, uh, a vowel, which you uh, say, uh, you know, O, sozo, which literally means, uh, I wrote the definition down. I've quoted it for years, but I, write, write it, I wanted to write it down exactly like it says. It literally means to deliver, to protect, to heal, to preserve, and to be made whole. Now, did you hear that? Which means when you got born again, when you believed in your heart, and when you confessed with your mouth, you got delivered, you got protected, you got healed, you got preserved, and you were made whole. Oh, how to get a better amen than that? You say, why? Because you have to see that you're healed. 
Everybody say, see that I'm healed. I, I, that's all it takes. Once you see that you're healed, you'll be healed. See, we exhaust our faith many times trying to get God to do something he's already done. And, you know, I've seen the crusades and the preachers, you know, ask Jesus to heal you, pray to Jesus to heal you. I, I, I saw one on the Internet the other day of a wonderful healing, uh, uh, healing evangelist who had a great anointing in his ministry, and that's, he was making that statement, let's just believe Jesus to heal you tonight. You know, that, that's well and good, and I believe in all that, but scripturally that's really not what we should be saying. Scripturally what we should be doing is thanking God for our healing because healing was something we received in the new birth. It belongs to us in the new birth. Now, I think the dynamics of that many times escapes us, thinking that healing is, is, is up here. Healing's in heaven. Healing's in the heavenlies. Healing's being carried by an angel or, or whatever. But, but, but really, healing's in you. Amen. Amen. And if you can ever really see that healing's in you. Now, don't get me wrong, because God has so many different ways to heal. The gifts of the Spirit in operation, working of miracles, special faith, gifts of healing. Both those words are plural which are powerful, which operate. And I believe that, that literally God gave us those supernatural giftings so that people who did not or could not seem to muster the faith, God would still be able to heal them. I mean, we've seen people healed that really didn't have any faith at all. I remember a young man still has an impact on me today in Westlaco, Texas. In a revival we were preaching. Had a broken leg. It was a football player. Got a, had a broken leg during a practice. And they brought him to the, to the church. He had that, you know, that, that plaster cast on his leg. And, and I, I prayed for him, ministered to him. I went down the healing line, continued to pray for people. He was sitting right there where Papa was sitting. And I, I walked back in this direction. I noticed he has a, one of those big pins. And he's digging that cast off of his leg. And I told him, I, mean, I walked up to him, I said, I didn't tell you to take that cast off your leg. I told him that. That's great faith, isn't it? While you're... <laughs> I mean, I literally, I said, I didn't tell you to take that cast off your leg. He said, I'm taking it off anyway. I'm healed. Amen. He took it off, ran all over the church. And when I gave the altar call that night, he was the first one to come to the altar and get saved. Well, that, that was the mercy of God in manifestation, a gift of healing in manifestation that brings healing to people. But for a believer... You must understand that healed is who you are. We said it this morning in our, in, our, in our ministry this morning that healing is a part of your identity. It is who you are. Now, one of the things that I do in, in, in my confession, in my belief system, every time I think about it, every time I'm trying to speak to something in my body, I envision healing in me, in my spirit. For in reality, that's where it abides. What did we talk about a couple of weeks ago? We talked about the life of God in you. You've got the zoe of God in you. It's on the inside of you. It's in your spirit. The Bible says your physical body, body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen? And because, that it, that it is, there, because that it is, there is an abiding presence of God in you. There is an element of deity that resides in your spirit. <laughs> Let me try that again. You might really need to consider that. There is an element of deity that resides in your spirit. It is in there. Everybody say, it is in there. So faith draws on that. Because as long as we continue to think that healing is out here and we need to bring it to us, then literally it will cause us to continually be in, a, what would we call it, a, a, a fight or, a, a, or we'll literally be laboring to get it to us because it's something we do not possess. But we do not possess healing as you would possess something material. Amen? Just like we don't possess love as you would possess something material. Just as we don't possess faith as you would possess something material. 
It becomes a part of you. And by faith, healing should be a part of you. Now, with that in mind, go to Romans chapter 8. It's very simple tonight. Everybody say simple. Really easy stuff. Everybody say, I'm saved. I'm healed. Say, I'm healed as I am saved. And I'm as saved as I am healed. Now, see, that's the truth. Now, now look here in, uh, how can I do this, Lord? Uh, start, in verse, start in verse 8, Romans 8, 8. It says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now, this literally speaks of us living out of our flesh, letting our flesh dominate us, letting the appetites of our flesh dominate us, and allowing the flesh or the body to be preeminent in our lives. Remember, we're three-part beings. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And what is unique about that is you choose the one that's going to be the preeminent. You can either live by the power and the strength of your spirit, or you can live by the power and strength of your mind, or you can live by the power and strength of your flesh. The best thing to do is to live by the power and strength of your spirit because it is in your spirit that divine healing power resides. Amen. Now, notice what it says. Next verse, verse 9. But we are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now, this speaking, that we is us. Everybody say, I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. Say it again. Say, I'm not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If it be so that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. So how many know the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? So that's proof you're in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. Now, literally that's not a hard scripture to understand. It literally is telling you there is something that has happened to your spirit man. And it has not happened to your soul. And it has not happened to your body. What has happened to your spirit man is the Zoe life of God has been imparted. But you must understand that your body is still dead. Everybody say dead. Now a lot of people say, well, my body's not dead. I'm still walking around. No, that's not what it's talking about. Your body is still separated from that which is of God. You know... I wish I had time to do this, but we'll, we'll do it sometime later. The reason God gives you a glorified body after the rapture of the church, when we all either come down from heaven or come up from the earth, and we all begin to, to, to have the glorified body that God has designed us to have through redemption, is because in heaven, you could not live in heaven in the, in the body you possess right now. Let me say that again. You could not live in heaven in the body you possess right now. It would dissolve. It would dematerialize because of the glory of God and because of the sin nature of your flesh. The sin nature of your flesh could not stand in the presence of God. So thank God for His mercy in the plan of redemption. He restores our body back to a glorified body where death no longer has any dominion over us and you'll live forever in a glorified body. No aging, no wrinkling, no diets. No glasses, amen. No canes, no nothing. Everybody say, no nothing. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life 
because of righteousness. Now, here's the verse I want to get to. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwelleth in you, he that raised up, up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, some people think that this is speaking of the, redemptive, the end of the redemptive process when you get a glorified body. Now, let me just ask you this. What good does it do for your spirit to quicken your body when you've already got a glorified body? Now, just think about that for a minute. What good does it do to have God's spirit in your human spirit and that human spirit on the inside has the potential to release by faith that healing power into your body. What good is that once you have a glorified body? It's no good. You won't need it. You say, why? Because your body is glorified and it is not subject to death. It is not subject to aging. It is not subject to sickness or disease. Won't that be neat when we have glorified bodies in that millennial reign to hear of a plague going somewhere and you say, well, I think I'll just go over there real quick and you'll be able to travel at the speed of thought. Close your eyes, open your eyes. There are all those people that are sick. You just go around laying hands on them. They all get healed. You say, well, you think that really happens? No, I know that'll really happen. That's, what, that's the way God has designed that millennial reign. But now notice this. But if the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. So he's speaking about the spirit of God dwelling in you. Amen? He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now, how many have that capital S Spirit dwelling in you? Every person that is born again. Every person that is born again has the Spirit of God dwelling in you. Therefore, faith imparted into you gives you the ability to tap into that healing power and release it into your own body. Now, many times, I'll make, I'm not going to go through all my healing scriptures and make the, make the healing uh, confession, but if I'm fighting symptoms, this has worked for me so well over the years, fighting the flu, fighting different things trying to come on my body, fighting uh, sickness and disease. Now, listen, there's been some times it's taken a few days, two or three days, where I was tempted for several days. But at the end of my confession was always this. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me. It quickens, it makes alive my mortal or my death-doomed body. Therefore, by faith and through confession, I release into my physical body that which abides in my spirit, <coughs> excuse me, which is God's healing power. Amen. And at that point, I just begin to thank God. Symptoms persist, I'll do it again. Symptoms persist, I'll do it again. Symptoms persist, I'll do it. I was coming back from Rockport, not, not this year, but last year. And I could feel that. I, I was actually driving from Rockport to Houston to go to a birthday party we were having for Breland in Houston. And I could feel these flu symptoms just sweep through me. I mean, you know how they, that kind of comes in waves. And you, you feel that, that hot, and then you get cold. And, and, I, and, you know, and I'd been out in the marsh. We'd been out hunting and, and been exposed to some bad weather. And, and, I, just, and I just kept, I, was, I had, my, had my worship music on. I'm praying, and, and I'm going through different teachings by Brother Osteen. I'm driving, and I'm making that confession. And every time I make that confession, it gets a little less, a little less. And in between every confession, I'm thanking God. Thank you, Father. I am the healed of God. I am the blessed of the Lord. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, it dwells, it abides in me. It quickens, it makes alive my mortal body. Thank you, Heavenly Father. By faith through confession, I release that healing power out of my spirit into my body. 
symptoms of flu. I resist you in the name of Jesus. Get out of my body. I'm not going to allow you to take me over. In the name of, and just then, then I, Father, I worship you. I thank you, Lord God. Thank you for healing. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for, see, I'm not trying to get something. I see that I'm healed. Now, now you go back to, don't, you don't have to turn, turn there, turn there in, the, uh, in the scripture, but go back uh, just in your mind to what we read in Luke chapter 17. Jesus said, them, said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were healed. And one of them, when he saw, he was healed. Now, now think about that again. Meditate on that for just a second. Jesus said, now go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, what were they doing? They were obeying that word as they went. I said they were obeying their, that word as they went. See, many times that we, what we do is when symptoms attack us, we stop and decide to get sick. <laughs> I had somebody actually tell me this, that this year. I, uh, they're, they're not a believer, but they told me we were fixing to do something. And, and he said, well, you know, I, I'd like to do, help you, but, uh, you know, I, I'm planning on having a cold here in the next couple of days. I can feel it coming on me. I thought to myself, you need to come to Island Church and get a little teaching on that. Amen. I mean, that's what he's, I can feel it coming on me. I'm planning on having a cold here in the next couple of days. Well, you know, ain't nothing I can do for you now, you know. Go down and get some cold medicine. But the reason God has designed it like this is so that you have some resistance in you. Everybody say, in me. Now, one last point, we'll receive communion. And let me just say this. If you're fighting symptoms in your body tonight, if something's trying to tell you that you, 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 you have some type of sickness or disease or infirmity, when we receive communion in your own heart, even out loud if you, if you need to, you know, when we break that bread, you say, Heavenly Father, I thank you. That bread was broken. Jesus' body was broken so that I might be healed. And that same spirit that raised him from the dead dwells in me. When we take that cup, do the same thing. Make your confession of faith. And then after you make it, say it like this. Thank you, Father. I believe I receive. Healing is mine. And you have to see that you're healed. I said you have to see that you're healed. Now what's I going to say before that? I had something real good to say. Don't you remember? You're supposed to be my help me. <laughs> what's that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Takes me a minute sometimes. <laughs> My spirit's more alive than my head is. <laughs> so, when, as he went, he was healed. Then he did what? Then he saw. Everybody say saw. Then what did he do? He returned to Jesus. Now, that's where worship will activate the power part. That's when you see and you begin to worship. And when you see and you begin to worship, then you will feel. See, our problem is we want to feel before we believe, but you have to see before you feel. You have to see before you feel. You know, the, 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 one of the most incredible testimonies of that happened to Leah and I four or five years ago. We had just done a, uh, we used to do these outreaches on the beach. And uh, we came home, and I don't know what it was that attacked Leah. It was, it was something terrible because we were on our way out the door to go to the, uh, to go to the emergency room. And she was bent over, having chest pains, pain, pain in her upper, upper uh, abdominal area. And we'd prayed. We'd made a confession of, uh, of faith. And, and, you know, we'd just kind of been him hawing around the house there, you know, kind of watching her, seeing if he's getting any better. She, getting, uh, she was getting worse and, and getting worse quick. 
And so we just, I said, well, you know, do you need to go? You need to go to the I think I need to go. I said, okay. So we gathered our stuff up, and as we're walking out the door, I said, well, just sit out here on the couch for just a moment, and let's worship God. And so we just begin to worship God. We'd already made those confessions. We'd already said that. But we just, just slowed down a little bit, and we just begin to worship God. And, and it took about what, sweetie? Maybe about 35 or 40 seconds of just lifting our hands and saying, Father, we thank you for healing. You know, we thank you, Heavenly Father. We have resistance against this. We thank you, Lord God, for the power of God. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden, you can just feel that presence of God moving. And when that presence of God moved in, Leah took a deep breath. I said, you better? She says, you know, I think I am. And she took another breath. I said, you all right? She says, you know, I think so. And so I said, well, good. I'm going to go up and take a nap. <laughs> That's what I did. And I went up and took a nap. And I came, came down from my nap, and she had dinner ready. And we never went to the emergency room. Now, let me, this is the one I was going to close with. We live in a day and a time. This is a very unique thing to think about. There is a, a disease or an infirmity called AIDS, Acquired Immune Efficiency Syndrome. And, you know, it's a wicked disease. But what I find very unique about that disease, it, it attacks the last residue of God in the human body. Now you say, what do you mean by that? Well, there is a how can I say this? There is a, a deposit of the residue of God in every human body. Every, not, saved, unsaved, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, doesn't matter. In every human body, there is the ability of the body to heal itself. You cut your hand. If it's not too bad where you need stitches, you put some antiseptic on it. You put a couple of Band-Aids on it for a couple of days. And, and you know, the week goes by, you peel that Band-Aid, and lo and behold, your hand's healed. Well, that, don't you think that's of God? You say, oh, that's just human. No, no, God put that in your body. God put that in your body. Uh, uh, all kinds of, uh, of infirmities and disease. Our body immediately, we call it the immune system. Our body immediately begins an attack against whatever it is that's in your body. Now, we live in a day and an hour where that's removed. That's, that's not, you get that disease, that means your immune system no longer works. Uh, I, saw, I read an article several years, years back about a, a, a prison hospital in New Jersey where there were four patients that had tuberculosis and then a patient that had AIDS. And that the four patients that had tuberculosis, that tuberculosis got into that AIDS, AIDS patient in that, in, that, in that ward in that prison hospital. And when that tuberculosis got into that AIDS patient, it mastated and got, it got super strong. Remember, Doc, we were talking about that the other night. And it became, it became resistant to any kind of, of, uh, uh, of antibiotic it became, it became literally what they call a super disease where there's no resistance again. You get it, you're done. Amen? Now that shows us where we're living on the clock of eternal history. You say, what do you mean? That shows us how close we are to the end of this. And that shows us how merciful God is to deposit into us sozo, zoe, the life of God, His healing, His preservation, his soundness, his safety, his wholeness, and his deliverance. So you've got, you've got in the natural, you've got your, your, your immune system, you've got your bodies, but in the spirit, you've got the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead 
dwelling in you. You've got something more powerful than all the knowledge and all the doctors and all the hospitals and all the world. You've got something more powerful than all the knowledge of all the research scientists, of all the pharmaceuticals combined, of all the treatments combined. You've got something more powerful of that sitting right here in your human spirit. All you have to do is see it. Amen. And if you'll see it, it'll work for you. <laughs> when, when Breland was about old enough to, to talk, she got a little cold, you know, nose is dripping, and she's wiping her nose. So, so I, uh, I, I called her, you know, I'm daddy, I'm, I'm the pastor, I'm the man of faith and power. So I call her over, I said, now honey, daddy's going to pray for you and Jesus is going to heal you. So I laid hands on her, I prayed, I bound, I loosed, I rebuked, I took my hands off her. She looked up with those big blue eyes and goes, didn't work. <laughs> Everybody say, God bless Breland. But many times that's our attitude when it comes to healing. I said many times that's our attitude when it comes to healing. Well, I went to the healing meeting. It didn't work. Well, I released faith. It didn't work. Well, the pastor said the same thing. Dwells in my spirit. I tell you, I tried it out. That's why you can't try it. You have to do it. You have to see that you are healed. And when you see that you are healed, return to Jesus and worship him. And the Bible says of that leper, he was the only one out of the ten that was made whole. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You lift your hands. Let's make a confession. Say, Heavenly Father, tonight I rejoice that the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead abides and dwells in me. Healing power is not something I'm trying to get. It's something that I have. I am as healed as I am saved. I am as saved as I am healed. By faith and through confession, I release God's healing power out of my spirit into my body, touching every area, my glands and organs, my blood, bones, and marrow. I declare by the stripes upon Jesus' back, and his redemptive work, I am the healed of God. Thank you, Father, for healing in my body. Now take a moment and worship God. Father, we worship you. Father, we thank you for healing in our bodies. We thank you, Father, from the crown of our feet to the crown of our head to the soles of our feet. No disease, no infirmity, no injury, nothing that has happened to our bodies can resist the power of Almighty God. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the immune system that you've put in the human body. But more than that, we thank you for your healing power, which causes us to rise up in divine health and healing. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We invite everyone here that is a born-again Christian to receive communion with us tonight. Gentlemen, if you will, you can go ahead and pass out the communion implements. We invite you as you receive communion to be reverent, to be humble, to put your mind upon Jesus, to think upon Him, think upon His healing power, think upon His mercy, His grace, and His compassion towards you. And as you do that, we'll receive communion tonight and believe God for healing to manifest in everybody's body. Amen? Hallelujah. I'll read the scripture over 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Hallelujah. I got one. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands again and worship the Lord as they're passing that out. Father, we worship you this evening. We glorify your name, Lord. Lord, you're such a good God. Thank you that healing is the children's bread. Thank you that your healing virtue, your healing power is ever present in us. Ever present in us. Lord, I thank you right now as I have been praying over the congregation walking these aisles. I thank you, Father, those that have been fighting for years a particular disease, condition, situation, or problem. I thank you that breakthrough is in them and upon them. I thank you that the symptoms that they're fighting are receding and that the, the, and that the Spirit of God is causing their bodies to be rejuvenated by the life and the power of God. We thank you the very word of God that is even spoken tonight falls upon this congregation and brings healing and deliverance. We thank you for that, Father. We worship you. We worship you, Lord God. We worship you. You are Jehovah Rapha, the healer and the health of our body. Oh, the price that was paid by our wonderful, beautiful Lord and Savior, Jesus, for us to be healed. We're so grateful, Lord. We're so thankful, Father. We worship and glorify your name. We thank you, Father. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. The Apostle Paul writes to the church in Galveston. It says, For I have received of the Lord that which was also delivered unto me, that the Lord Jesus, everybody say the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Everybody say, broken for me. Those, those two words ought to be underlined in your, in your Bible. Broken, I've got one, Bobby, thank you. Broken for me. Everybody say, for me. It says, uh, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, which after he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament. In my blood, this do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat the bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man or a woman examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he that drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you. Many sleep or die prematurely. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Now, in studying and meditating on this scripture and using it for so many years, to serve communion to this congregation and others. I can sense in my spirit the Apostle Paul in teaching this and bringing in the reality that many, speaking to the Corinthian congregation, that many in that congregation must have been, been sick and there was no reason for them to be sick other than they were not discerning the Lord's body, which means their revelation of that which he was teaching was not being grasped. I like to say it like this because it's a really better way to look at it. Was not being digested. You know, it's one thing what you, what you eat. It's another thing what you digest. Amen. 
So, so it was not being, uh, he, was, he was, I guarantee in his own mind, he was thinking, there shouldn't be any sick people in this congregation. Well, this congregation, I've been teaching them on the gifts of the Spirit. It's the only congregation in, record, in the recorded scripture we have where he really taught in depth on love. We get, our, we get all of our revelation on, on the doctrine of love out of where? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. He taught on faith. He taught on order in the church. He taught on the gifts of the Spirit. And he looked around that congregation, see a bunch of sick people, and said, why are these people sick? Why are these, these people sick? And the first thing the Lord did is said, well, first of all, look at your communion service. So he looked at the communion service, and what did he see? He saw a big banquet, a bunch of feasting. And he saw all the rich people coming in, and they had beautiful tables set with beautiful tablecloths and all kinds of nice centerpieces, and the, and the, and the waiters waiting on them. And then, and then it kind of went down from there until it got to the back where there's a bunch of poor people standing around probably just eating on a piece of bread or something. And, and Paul knew that that was not right because the greatest equalizer on the planet when it comes to social issues is the gospel. He said, what do you mean? Because in the gospel, there's neither, there's neither male nor female. There's neither Jew nor Gentile. There's neither black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Uh, there's neither rich nor poor. There's only in Christ. And so the Lord said, that you're, you're having a problem right there. People are not, they're not participating in this order, ordinance worthily. And the reason they're not doing that is because they're not judging themselves. They're judging others. It's so easy to judge others, but it doesn't work. It doesn't matter who you judge and how you judge them. The only thing that will work in your life is for you to judge yourself. And when they begin to judge themselves in Christ, I bet they begin to get healed. I bet God begin to manifest amongst them. And they quit being prejudiced. They quit having walls up. They quit having all these issues. And I guarantee you God's healing power started working in them. Same thing's true of the church today. We're going to see greater and greater and greater waves of God's healing power. But one of the ways we're going to really know it's God is this. It's going to pull all the races together. It's going to pull the rich and the poor together. It's going to, I mean, the Jews, the Gentiles, you name every, everything that Satan has used to separate the human family, God's going to bring together his family under the banner of Jesus Christ. Amen. So with that in mind, take the bread in your hand tonight. Let me read the scripture real quick. It said, when he had given thanks, he had taken the bread. When he had given thanks, he break it. Everybody say break it and break the bread. He said, take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do ye in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, tonight we have taken the communion bread. We have broken it, in the, as it says to do in the Scriptures. But Father, not, not as a ritual, but to be put in remembrance of God Himself coming to the earth and allowing His body to be bruised and beaten and chastised in such a horrible way in order to get into the new covenant the identity of God's healing power so that healed is not something we're trying to obtain healed is something we are in remembrance of that great sacrifice and in honor of the Lord Jesus Christ we partake of the bread after the same manner also he took the cup and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, the new covenant in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. The seven times Jesus' blood was shed, 
the garden, when his hands and feet were nailed, when the spear was thrust into his side. But Father, that one time in which the blood flowed out of 39 stripes upon his back, that Roman lector that laid his back open and that blood flowed down, that blood was also offered upon the mercy seat of God. It was the purchase price of redemption. It was the price of the New Testament church. And it also forever secured the reality that by His stripes we were healed so that we can proclaim we are healed in great honor of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that which He performed on our behalf, we receive of the cup right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now lift your hands and thank God that you are the healed of God. Just say it out loud with your own, with your own voice. Just thank Him. Father, I thank You. I am the healed of God. I thank you that out of my human spirit in which your spirit abides, healing powers going into my heart, going into my liver, going into my kidneys, going into my pancreas, going into my bones and ligaments, going into my blood, going into my marrow, healing my body. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that I am the healed of God in Jesus' name. Now, if you'll do that, and do that, and do that, and do that, till it becomes as real as the arm connected to your body, I guarantee you, you will experience what you believe you receive. Father, we bless your name. Thank you for your goodness tonight, all you're doing, all that you've done, all that you're going to do. Our faith reaches out and grasps that which you've deposited into our lives. Lord, as we leave tonight, as always, as is our tradition, we continually claim our blessing. When it comes to protection, no evil befalls, no plague comes in our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us in our travels, in the righteous labor of our hands. We thank you. We are the protected of Almighty God. Lord, let us never forget also that great door of utterance that we have, that we can go forth into this community, being a blessing to the people and a problem to the devil. Let us all practice the ministry of reconciliation, of restoration, of encouragement laying hands on the sick, casting out devils. Freely we've received, freely we give. Father, we leave tonight walking in faith and love towards you, in love toward one another. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for our church. We leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. Thanking you, Lord, here at Island Church. We're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy Ghost. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgallison.com.